Talk about what it took to get here. Okay. You know, like not just HVAC, but business in general. You know, what, what, what did we learn? What do we do? I guess it's something along the lines is, you know, what is success? Why, yeah, why exactly. is it success? What does it take to be successful in whatever you're doing? Whatever you do. It doesn't matter if it's HVAC, consulting, speaking, whatever. Okay. Good you want to that? Sure. Let's riff. Riffing. Riffing. I'm, unfil- I'm, I'm really unfiltered at this point. <laughs> you know, Dylan, we might get some F-bombs. Swig that, that, pour another one, then you'll be really unfiltered. I might be unpurified as well. So. <laughs> I'm purified. Barely dignified. That's us. <laughs> Welcome to Unfiltered, where you get three residential HVAC industry experts smoking cigars, drinking whiskey, and giving you practical advice to grow your company. If you want to watch the video version of this podcast, go to egia.org slash YouTube or go to facebook.com slash we are EGIA. Yeah. So, hey, sitting here, we just enjoyed a fabulous meal at the House of Long, courtesy <laughs> of Weldon and Taryn. So thank you very much. Thank my wife. She did all the work. I just kind of put the brisket on there. Thank you, sir. Cheers, Thank man. you to Miss Taryn. Yeah. Thank you very much. And we'll get her out here on the under the lights here at some point. What do we got here? Yeah, what do we got here? That's I think we were uh, drinking a little down. bit of uh, the McAllen. McAllen 18. The McAllen 18. So not the 10, not the 12. Not in the 17. Not the 15 or the 17. Okay. The 18. The 18. We didn't go all the way to the 25. We came right in at the 18. <laughs> Yes, we did. Very caramely. I use the word caramely. I like that term. It isn't a word it is now. I like that term. So I would think, hey, this is, I mean, caramely. Very caramely. But this would be, you know, <laughs> again, having, you know, had the, the great pleasure of joining you at your house here and appreciate the, the you know, the hosting, you know, for uh, these conversations. My pleasure. Uh, especially the meal. Uh, and open up your house to us. So, uh, you know, greatly appreciate it. Um, but you know, seeing your house and seeing you know your your lifestyle, you know, you've you've achieved a measure of success through contracting. Yes. Okay. Whatever that means to you, uh, talk talk about that a little bit. What what is the measure of success for you? Well, I think the real measure of success, uh, I think at the end of the day, for most of us, is probably family and legacy. You know, our kids, our relationships, that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm 55 now, and as you get older, your priorities change. I was recently watching an interview with a guy. We talked about this earlier today, about when do you stop striving? When do you just enjoy? It doesn't mean don't work, because I still work, and I need to work, you know. But working and striving are two different things. Striving is like I'm trying to go for that next, that next big thing, whereas working is just kind of, you know, you know, enjoying your success and doing what you've gotten to be good at. And so, I mean, to me, it's about uh, security, financial security, security in relationships, where you kind of know what's going to happen from one day to the next. I think the key thing, when you just talk about success in general and what it takes, uh, to me, the number one thing is, I guess there's a couple of them. Focus, just getting focused on stuff like a bulldog and not letting go. And then never blame anything else. If it is to be, it's up to me. I live by a, sim- a simple acronym, CPA. I cause, permit, or allow everything in my life to happen, for better or for worse. Now, it's true that sometimes things can happen in your life that are not your responsibility or not your fault. 
right? You're in your office on 9-11 and a plane drives through your office. That's probably not your fault. You didn't permit or allow that to happen. You didn't cause it. But for the most part, most of the bad stuff in our lives, we've played some role in. I'll give you a perfect example. When I was in the penitentiary the last time, started making these changes in my life, I called home one day. And my wife at the time, Hunter's mother, was living with a family friend that I knew. Uh, I knew him before I went to jail. He was about 25 years older than her, so I wasn't worried about you know, any monkey business because he was an older guy. And I was grateful that she had a place to live and Hunter was there. And I called there and she tells me one day, she says, uh, you need to talk to Roy. Roy was the, the, the roommate. And I said, what's up with Roy? She said, well, he's getting very friendly. He put his arm around me at the grocery store, calling me hun, different things. I'm like, you know, no shit, put homie on the phone. I mean, I'm in prison, right? <laughs> so I said, homie, you better chill out. He goes, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, I said, Cheryl told me you've been being familiar and blah, blah, blah. And he said, oh, did she happen to tell you I've been politely having intercourse with her the last six months? <laughs> I'm like, nope. She did not mention that. I would have remembered that, right? <laughs> And I don't know why she did it that way. I guess she didn't have the heart to tell me herself. But in the ensuing weeks and months, I got so hurt, so angry, you know. And after a time, as I began to read and study, I realized that I put her in that situation. I left her alone with kids and, uh, you know, the embarrassment of a husband in prison. And she was desperate to survive and try to figure things out. And she turned to somebody else. And and so the, the more in my life that I can turn and, and see my role in the bullshit, the, the better I can deal with it, the more successful I am. A lot of people spend most of their life blaming others for their situation. This is great videos uh, from Will Smith, the actor. He has this great one on YouTube about the difference between your fault and your responsibility. It may not be your fault your mom was a drunk. It may not be your fault your dad beat you. But it's your responsibility to lead a successful life. Do what you got to do. And people confuse those things, and they think, well, if it's, not my, my, if it's not my fault, it's not my responsibility. Well, that's just not true. It's still your responsibility to fix it. So I think focus and personal responsibility, you know, are the keys to success. And then in terms of priorities, it's family. Financial security is very important, right? Uh, and, you know, you just get to a point to where it's like you just realize how important those little things are. You just went through your health scare a few weeks ago, and Kim was just behind the lights up here. Thank God she was with you because if you'd have been in the hotel room alone, there'd have been no more Drew. Uh, heart attack, cardiac arrest, five times under the zappers. You know, and if she hadn't have been there, I mean, you know, what, I, I, this is an aside, but that's like the worst fear that I have is to die in a hotel room alone because I travel so much and, you know, it happens to people. And thank God she was there and thank God you're here. But I'm sure that experience has really put perspective for you on what's important what really matters. Yeah, it, it has. And, uh, you know, that part of the reason, like, you know, I ended up where I ended up, cause, purpose, allow, right, is, you know, th you know that, that blockage didn't ha happen overnight. That, that was years in the making. How many years? I don't know. But safe to say probably uh, somewhere at least probably a decade, I would think, because that was the last time I got checked out by a cardiologist. And, and so not you know, taking care of myself because what did I do? I put others first through my business. Part of that technically is I actually put myself first because that's what I wanted to do. But it wasn't what, it wasn't what or is most important. You know, Kim and my kids and her kids are, are the most important. Um, you know, 
but what I came to realize and what I've really been focused on for the last two years in, in my path of self-discovery, and that started before this event happened, was I got to put myself first. If I don't take care of myself uh, and I wasn't doing good enough at that, uh, then I can't take care of those others that are the most important to me. So Kim and my kids and her kids, uh, my clients. And so if I'm not the best version of me, then I can't be the best version of me for everybody else in my life, you know, downstream. And so, you know, through some, some study and uh, working with a leadership group and a couple of life coach, I, I have a leadership coach, I have a life coach, I have a relationship coach. I, uh, I, I really, you know, kind of taken a hard look at myself these last couple of years and I, I really learned, and then of course learned through this process as well and through a lot of meditation and even prayer that I have to put myself first. I have to be a little selfish. I got to put my oxygen mask on first, like they say on the plane, right? Or I can't do this for everybody else. And as much as I thought I was making those right steps, um, I wasn't doing enough of them. You know, I wasn't do, you know, doing the exercise cardio as religious. I'd, get, I'd let other things get in the way. I'd do some workout and I'd justify that that was enough. So cause, purpose, allow, as you say. So you're, yeah, you're 100% you're right, because you're 100% responsible for the mess or success of your life, and, and no one's gonna care more than you. And so, you, you know, I, I guess I look at, at success, I, and, and through my leadership coaching, it's, it's greatness. You know, greatness has no end. There's always another level of greatness. There's always another yeah. level. I always say, Tiger's still working on his swing. Yeah. What does that tell you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like striving for better. And, and, and so this new version of me, uh, through a lot of discovery and obviously, unfortunately, a lot of pain to myself, but, you know, um, to my family and to Kim, you know, when I put her through in that hotel room. Thank God she was there, yeah. man. And uh, so I got to do the work now. I mean, I, I got to work harder, you know, and getting to enjoy a, a little bit of, you know, uh, of a spirit here and there, so be it. But you know, cutting back, eating the right things, not indulgent, doing the workouts, doing the walks. The day I got out of the hospital, you know, we went and did a walk on the beach. Why? Number one, because I needed to, but also because I still can. Yeah. And you know, so today and every day is you know thinking about that and how to how to be the best version of myself. Because if I can be the best version of myself, then I can be the best father, the best you know, a partner to Kim, the best business leader that I can be, the best, you know, colleague to you guys. And, uh, but it all starts with me. And it ends with me. And thankfully it didn't end for me. So, Amen to that. G-Man? Well, success is different for different people. They, uh, I mean, you have to figure out what success means to you. So for some people that might be volunteer work. Uh, for some people that might be, uh, you know, figuring out a build, way to build wealth. Um, so I, I, I'm going to talk about the how. Like you guys have really done a nice job of talking about, uh, I think, the what and the why. But the how, I think, is uh, very few people uh, actually have what you call a prosperity plan. I, I call a personal achievement plan. I wrote my first personal achievement plan at age 21. I update it every year. Everybody that works for me has a personal achievement plan. I don't really care what that is but it's broken down into categories. Health and you know, fitness is first on the list because if you can't take care of yourself, you don't put that oxygen mask on. 
uh, it's not going to matter, right? Everybody else is going to perish. Uh, so um, spirituality, uh, you guys talk about meditation, prayer, you know, what's important to you, community, business, uh, personal development, personal goals. And I think what, what people don't do is they don't sit down and they don't, they don't chop wood. The hard work is trying to figure that out. Like, what does that, what do you want? What, what are you trying to achieve? And so they don't have a personal vision of what they're trying to accomplish in life. Um, they don't break down the core values of who they want to be. And then they don't break down those goals. So you talk about dreaming big. So that's fantastic, dream big. But you reverse engineer that and say, well, okay. I mean, if, uh, you know, I want to have a jet or, you know, I want to raise a family and have 12 kids. I mean, how's that all going to work? And so you, you need to chop the wood and reverse engineer that plan. And, and that doesn't mean that the plan's going to work, but I look at that every day. And so everybody that I've ever mentored and taught, that's, that's where I start is, what do you want? What, what is success for you? And once you define that, once you define who you want to become, how you want to live your life, then you, you physically write that down. And then you have to do uh, the three things that we talk about, uh, aside from talent, you know, Michael Jordan has got talent. You know, he's going to be a better basketball player than Gary Ellix. That's just point of fact. He has the DNA. Uh, but uh, aside from talent, if, uh, if we're good at something, then we have to ask ourselves, do we have the three Ds, dedication, desire, and discipline? You know, are we going to dedicate ourselves to health? Are we going to dedicate ourselves to achieving, you know, our purpose? And do we have the desire to change? Um, we look at business owners all the time, and the business owner is generally the problem. It's very rarely the employee community. It's almost always the leader. The leader has to change in order to have everybody else change with him or her. And then, you know, the discipline. The discipline to, to take a walk every day. It's so easy to get up and not do the work, but, you know, you, you know you, I love what you say, which is it's not that it's hard, it's just easier not to. But you have to get in the gym and you have to do the work and you have to chop the wood. And uh, if that's saving for a kid's college education fund, you've got to defer the gratification. You've got to put $200 a month away when the kid is, you know, in the womb all the way until the point that the child is, you know, 18 and you'll have, you know, close to $200,000 uh, to put your kid through college if you want to. And so that's the discipline. And so it means not doing something that you might want to do in order to defer that gratification. So, um, and then the last part of that is the technique is, you know, uh, reading a book like Extreme Ownership, you're talking about it's, it's about you taking personal responsibility, you know, versus, you know, the CPA. You've got to own the outcome. And so life is, you know, 10% what happens to you and 90% how you deal with it. So I think most people don't have the personal achievement plan or they don't have that prosperity plan. And that's exactly what they need. And then they need the discipline to actually follow, you know, through on that plan. And, you know, that's the challenge in being successful so um so that's those focus are, that's, to me that's the how focus and execution yeah what's it all saying that uh, successful people are simply willing to do the things unsuccessful people are not willing to do absolutely and you got to hang on with people that are gonna hold you accountable for that you know it's crazy i did a video a while back on youtube about you or, or uh, facebook that you are the average of the five people you hang out with most and i was amazed they got like 100,000 views. And you would not believe the negative comments. Like, so I just got abandoned all my friends and like, you know, just because they're poor. That was not the point. 
you're just a reflection in terms of your values and your aspirations, your dreams of the people you hang out with, you know? And so you got to kind of be careful about that, you know? Be very discriminating about, you know, I mean, it's a biblical principle, bad associations spoil useful habits. I mean, this is not like something that we just say, and this has been around for thousands of years, these principles. So. Yeah, and interesting that someone would basically take the time to, instead of reflecting upon a success principle from somebody who clearly has achieved a level of success, uh, instead of reflecting upon it and maybe taking something from it, they, they choose to tear it down, right? Um, instead of adding to. So, I mean, that's, you, you're going to have that in your life. And I mean, that's what you, you, know, you kind of pointed out. But I mean, that's as simple as saying, you can't soar with the eagles when you flock with the chickens. Right. It's just right. pretty obvious. Yeah. Interesting mm. comment. Abandon the people that are poor. I'm, I'm reflecting on that. I think what you do is you, you sit down and you talk to those people that are not exhibiting the traits that you may say I want to exhibit and you have a personal conversation with them and I think you person to person explain to them why you may not need to spend as much time with them. Right. I mean if you're hanging out with people that are substance abuse using drugs odds are pretty good you're probably gonna experiment and get into that platform. You hang around the barbershop long enough, you get a haircut, as they say. So, I, I think the argument would be that you're not, it's not that you're not my friend anymore, it's that I can't be, I can't be a part of that lifestyle. Right. And I want you to know that I can't be a part of that lifestyle. I still love you, but I gotta go this direction, and I want you to come with me. But right. if you don't want to come with me, uh, I can't be a part of that. So I would look at it the opposite direction. I would say, my responsibility is to give you uh, the ability to raise yourself up to become something right. that might be more constructive. So, you know, if that means hanging out with somebody else, then that's an outcome. And yeah, I think that's a decision that you actually would have to say, point Blake straight up, yes, I'm not going to hang out with you if, if you're going to do things that are not constructive based on what I want my life to become. And so that's, tough. Becomes, that's but, tough. That's so tough. That's tough. So the question becomes, though, if you, when you think about it, right? Who abandoned who in that conversation? Yeah, right? 100%. <laughs> was it the person who chose to kind of go in a different direction or the four people who said, you know what, if you're going in that direction, you go alone, yeah. right? Yeah. I think the four people abandoned the one. Yeah, yeah. Zig Ziglar once said, if you want to help the poor, don't be one of them. <laughs> and then become generous. Right. And then figure out how to help them. That's one of the things that uh, I found is most important as I get older is that basic sense of generosity and helping other people, the, kind of the contribution, not necessarily money, it can be money, but sometimes it might be time or, you know, whatever. But I think that has a big part to do with success as well, is your willingness to, to kind of get out there and, and help other people. And, and sometimes it's financially. I, it was, it's kind of funny, I was on a plane about a year ago and I'm flipping through Yahoo News and this little article comes up about this guy who was a military vet came back from Afghanistan or somewhere in the Middle East and he and his wife opened this little food truck and the food truck had burned to the ground, uh, caught on fire, there was no insurance and they you know, lost everything. And they had a GoFundMe type thing and honestly I didn't think twice about it. I mean because I've been so blessed and given so much, I jumped on the GoFundMe and I put my credit card in and put 5,000 bucks on this thing. Forgot about it. About six or eight months go by and I get an email 
and it was from a reporter up in some small town up in Oregon. Now, you're the Weldon Long that gave such and such money to such and such person. And at first I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? And I thought, oh yeah, that was that guy with the food truck. And so I said, yes, as a matter of fact, I did. And she said, well, why did you do that? You know, that was a pretty significant, you know, donation to make. And I said, well, number one, the guy sacrificed to serve in our country. And number two, I know how hard it is to make it in small business. It is not an easy task. And for this guy to lose their little truck and everything. And uh, so anyway, she wrote this article with my comments on different things. Turns out they raised so much money, it was so much generosity from so many people. They got a food truck and had enough to open a restaurant, you know, and they were doing very well. And so it's like to me, it's like you can't put a price on that stuff. You know, I mean, helping somebody who's working their tail off to try to make it comes across a misfortune. Truck burns down, no insurance, you know. So I think prosperity is about giving and contribution. And and I'm sure that we could all give 100 stories like that. Just little things we do for people. Interesting comment that you make. I think uh, we were talking about employee development at one point in one of these. Yeah. The thing that the employees want the most is actually your time. They want your time and attention and your coaching to give them yeah. insights into how they can become better. That's the, that's the number one thing that employees want. Time. Your time. Yeah. It's not a money thing. Sometimes just taking them out to lunch. Sometimes just a note of appreciation, acknowledgement that, you know, hey, I, I heard or I saw, I'm aware. Right. You know, and you matter. And the work that you do matters. And, and your family matters. And sometimes even just a note you know, to, to the significant other at home. Hey, I mean, we're all coming through a summer, a summer season right now. In some areas of the country, it was blistering hot, right? And these, these guys were tapped out. How about some notes home of appreciation, movie tickets, you know, coupons for the ice cream shop or something like that to say, you know, please go out and have dinner, you know, on us. And, you know, just want to, you know, say thank you for the time that you allowed your significant other to sacrifice to be with us and take care of the families that we serve. And, uh, and, and please, you know, don't think that it for a minute does not go unacknowledged or appreciated. That, that stuff feels so good. We talked about it earlier today. People just want to be understood and appreciated. And like... You guys, I travel a lot in the last three or four or five years, about 200,000 miles a year. And uh, I was on a trip recently, and I owed my suitcase, and there was an envelope there, a little note from my wife. And just said, I just appreciate the hard work that you do. You know, I mean, that, like, meant the world to me. Just like, you know, big, badass, tough guys, right? We just want a little appreciation, too. Just a little being noticed. It's, it's amazing how far that stuff can go. It is amazing, yeah. Well, guys, as always, an enjoyable conversation. Again, thanks for uh, being here tonight, bringing the McAllen 18. You could have brought the cheap shit, but you didn't. You brought the good stuff. And I appreciate that. And Brought to you by HVAC and Plumbing. A amen. HVAC built that. HVAC, HVAC did that. HVAC did. It did pay for it. Cheers to you both. And uh, we'll see you guys thanks, next guys. trip.